North Carolina had some trouble in the second half last week against UConn getting a stop and a score. Was that just a one-off that we don't need to worry about, or was it a troubling trend that we need to be on the lookout for throughout the season? You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? It's Thursday, December 14th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade. We are joined today by our guy. He's over here on Point the Wrong Way, Coach Bill Robinson, the head coach of the Milligan University men's basketball team. Uh, and uh, coming off a win against his former team last night, Coach, we're uh, just reveling in that a little bit, but we won't rub it in too much against Montre. Uh So we want to thank you, everydayers, for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listener watch to get your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. By the way, folks, uh, the, the holiday season is here. It's upon us. You're trying to escape from your family maybe and, and get into other conversations. We'd love to have you join the Locked on Tar Heels Discord server where we're talking Carolina stuff all the time. If you want to be part of that, the link to it is in the show notes. Even if you don't know what it is, just give it a try. Click on the link, dive in, and see if you like it. All right. Coming up on the show today, Coach and I are going to actually peek back, as I said, at the UConn game at kind of a troubling trend in the second half of struggling to get a stop on one end and a score on the other. We also want to talk to Coach about the finals week activities. There's been this big layoff for Carolina. What kinds of things uh, is a basketball team trying to accomplish in that? So Coach uh, is in the midst of that himself right now, and, and so we'll talk some of that. And then, of course... We got to get to story time with Coach Rob. It's been a minute, Coach, and uh, so excited to get in on story time. So um, let me set up this uh, this scenario from the UConn game. Basically, in the second half against UConn, the Tar Heels struggled to get a stop and a score. And basically by that, we just mean stopping UConn on one end and then scoring themselves on the other end. Adam Lucas, in his postgame content, had noted um, that Carolina, in the stretch from like 11 minutes to 4 minutes, didn't get a single stop and score. I went back and looked just to get all the numbers and data on it, and there actually was one stop and score in that stretch around the 620 mark. But, Coach, in the second half in totality, Carolina got six stop and scores, but four of those were in the first nine minutes of the half. And from the point where the Tar Heels cut it to a five-point lead with 11 minutes to go, they only got two more of these the entire rest of the game, one of which was two and a half minutes left, and the game was already out of hand at that point. So, Coach, the way I want to frame this to you, was that more about UConn or more about Carolina's inability? I think right now it's more about UConn. And... uh they're a top five team in the country. Obviously, they're very well coached. They're very talented. I think it had to do a little bit, too, about being in the garden. You know, mm-hmm. you look at the distance between. I mean, it's, it's basically a home game for, for UConn in that setting with, uh, with all the Connecticut fans there. I think Hubert loves that. I think he loves being in a hostile environment. He loves being in the garden. I mean, obviously, a place that he played a ton of games in. 
And he wants that to continue. He wants to be to be able to challenge those guys on on a on a, on a non-conference game, which it's not really a, a you know a neutral site game. <laughs> That's right. Um, but I think it had more to do with UConn and their talent right now, and 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 still we're Carolina still meshing, still meshing and how to play together defensively. I think it takes a little bit longer than even offensively because you spend so much time on offense and the guys always want to play offense. But that that defensive meshing and and the trust. Uh, to be able to help, knowing somebody's going to help me. And I think that's still where they're at right now. We actually have a drill, and it's called score, stop, score. And mm-hmm. we put them in a challenge, and you've got to get a bucket, get a stop, and get a bucket. And if you don't, you run. And it, that's the challenge we want them to feel. And I think that's what what Hubert's really going to challenge them now, is to be able to put together not just a stop, but to be able to put together multiple stops and multiple scores. Yeah, I mean, because, like, mathematically, I mean, let's get nerdy on it for a second. If you if you can't do this, you literally can't win a basketball game if the other team like it's just how numbers work, folks. Right. And so this is a, a critical thing for the Tar Heels to figure out. And coach, I, I love your point that um, with the, I mean, we, we talked about it on yesterday's show. You, we were kind of Pat Kilby and I were given grades to the team. And, you know, you think about when you got four returners and seven new guys that meshing you just talked about is going to take a long time. And I think. You know, we feel like, oh, well, they're nine games in. They should maybe have that figured out. Not so, folks. It takes so long, particularly, I I love you pointing out, that it's going to take more time on the defensive end than the offensive end. That's always going to lag behind. And so the the offense is there. I mean, they're, goodness, I know we've, I think at Ken Palm right now, the Tar Heels are seventh in efficiency, but good. I mean, that's elite. While the defense is still working to catch up. Why? Is that coach that that the defense me, defensive meshing takes more time than the offensive side? It does take more time because so much of the defense is is a team thing. Obviously, you've got five guys guarding the ball. It starts that one on one, and we've got some really good on ball defenders. But what happens when it breaks down? And that's right. You want to lose, you know, leave your guy because you're responsible for that guy, but yet you need the help. And then the help, the helper is really where it starts to get more complicated and the communication and who's going to be there. And um, I do like that they're expanding more than just the half court defense, but when you start getting into that and everybody's like, Oh, we need to press more. We need to trap more. That even takes more time and more trust and, and, and that practice time, you know, you still got to prepare individually for that team and their sets and their individual, you know, you know, assignments too. So there's a lot that goes on with it, but to me, it's trust. I've got to be able to trust that if you need my help, I can come help you. But somebody's got to help me too. And I don't want to leave my guy to help you. And then no, nobody helped me. And it makes me look like I'm giving up a bucket. So there's that's the kind of communication and the kind of trust that it does take time. And it takes uh, more than just nine games. It's so much like a, a secondary in football where, you know, whether you're playing man-to-man scheme or a zone scheme, and if I'm the cornerback, and I'm letting my guy release. I got to trust that the safety's got me help behind me. It's that same kind of principle. Um, and, and coach, I think, you know, you were talking about that pressure. That to me was the difference in Florida State versus UConn. FSU looked like they were wholly incapable of um, diagnosing what Carolina was trying to do from a pressure standpoint. And that allowed the Tar Heels back in. UConn, because of their ridiculous level of offensive efficiency, was able to, to, slice and dice the Tar Heels in that same mold. And so that that's part of it. Now, now that I've said FSU, that brings me to something else with this. Um, against 
FSU, when Carolina was down, they, to me, showed their their um, experience. They showed their veteran capability. They trusted the offense to work and to keep going. Against UConn, because of that offensive efficiency, it looked like the Tar Heels did not trust their offense at the same level. It looked like they got frazzled. They rushed some shots. They weren't taking weren't allowing the offense to do what the offense does. And I coach to me that played into this inability to stop and then score. Yeah. I think offensively, if you take good shots, it helps you defensively. If you Mm -hmm. take bad shots, I think that's part of what happened with the UConn game too. When you take bad shots, it often feeds into good offense at the other end, whether it's transition or whether it's just the the inability to score. Now you're, you don't have time to get set defensively and get back. Um, we've talked a lot about energy this year hmm. and trying to keep our energy high, energy in practice, energy during the games. Uh, it's been one of our mottos, just energy. We need to find a way. Um, Carolina needs to find a way. On the, on the road like they did on a, in a hostile environment, you've got to create your own energy. The energy at, at the FSU game is kind of created by a home crowd, and I know the home crowd really fed into that. And there's, that's why you win a lot of games at home and maybe not as many on the road. But I think the energy was just not the same. And um, they're going to, and again, this is what Huber's trying to do. You got to find that internal energy in a hostile environment. And I think that's what that step was. I'm not really worried about the loss. They learned more about themselves. They learned more about each other um, in a game where they lost probably better than if they had won a game against a non-conference you know, mid-major and, and blow them out at home. So I think overall, Huber looks at it as a positive. I think they they learn a lot more about each other. And there's going to be two really interesting and different tests coming up with Kentucky and Oklahoma because Kentucky is very similar to Carolina in that their their better efficiency is on the offensive end while they're in like, I think Kentucky right now as we record is 53rd at defensive efficiency at Ken Palm, while Oklahoma is the flip. They are 36th in offensive efficiency, but 12th in defensive efficiency. So two different tests for the Tar Heels coming up to look at where things are at with this. So coach, with with what we saw with UConn, specifically back to the score and stop, stop, score, stop, you know, any of that that we want to talk about, to you, was it a one-off or a troubling trend? And if it's a troubling trend, how do you go about fixing it moving forward? To me, I think it's a one-off. I think it's just, again, part of the maturing as a team. I don't think it's really something to worry about right now. I think it's something that we just got to, you build on. You, you find out more about yourself. You try to fix some of those problems. You go back to the film. You figure out where did we fail? Um, you know, how do we fix those things? Um, I think I spend more time with that right now, worried about my team, fixing what we're doing, trying to get those things fixed in practice. Uh, of course, it's a bad time of the year right now, trying to fix things uh, with everything going on with finals week. but. Uh, I do think it's just something that's a little blip on the radar as us feeling, feeling out more about ourselves and really figuring out what we need to do to go forward. Love that. And, uh, you know, I said it last week afterwards, but un- unless something wild happens with another team, this is far and away the best offensive team Carolina will have faced all season. Now, Coach, you made a perfect segue just now, and maybe you didn't even realize it, but way to go. Congrats to you. Carolina has had a long break for finals and other things between UConn and Saturday's CBS Sports Classic matchup against Kentucky. You might think there's a lot of time for working on stuff, but Coach just alluded to it. There's a lot going on outside of basketball that we got to look at. What exactly is the team doing during this kind of break? We're going to talk about that in just a second. 
right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Prize Picks. Testing your skills at Prize Picks this season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's a very simple way to play. You just make your picks, you submit your entry, and you can do all of that in less than 60 seconds. Then they've got quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and a massive selection of players and stat types, making Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. It's really neat to me because it's just you against the numbers, not somebody else. You pick more or less on two to six players' stat projections and just watch it roll in. For example, tonight, Thursday night football, you got the Raiders and the Chargers. Coach and I were just talking about the Raiders actually a little bit ago. Devontae Adams' receiving yards is set at 67 and a half. Folks, I am starting my fantasy playoffs this week. I need Devontae to go nuts in this game, so give me the more. If you want to get in on that action, go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Coach, here we've been sitting. Carolina played last Tuesday in the Jimmy V Classic at MSG, and then they don't play again till this Saturday, two days from now against Kentucky. Always fun when these two programs get together. But coach, I think where I want to start with this is just kind of big picture asking the question, what's on the agenda when you have a layoff of this type? Because I think people look at what you were just saying and say, hey, there's this massive layoff. You got all this time to work on stuff, but that's not always the case. Coach, why is that? Yeah, finals week is really tough um, with obviously the testing, but then the studying, you're trying to find time to to focus on basketball and you still got the weight room, you still got, you know, nutrition, you still got all those type of things that really have to balance. Um, we want to use practice um, as, a, as a, it's a study break and we want them to try to mentally get away for it for a very short period of time. But instead of having a two hour practice where you can really work on things, they're mentally wasted. So let's get in the gym. Let's get some shots up, maybe even play a little bit of competitive stuff and then get out. So an hour, maybe an hour, 15, maybe a little bit of film, a day of game. You know, we, we had I played last night, obviously. Uh, so we, we limit everything. We limit the practice. We limit our wait time. Instead of a, an hour lift, we may only do a half hour lift. Mm-hmm. But everything is just uh, a little bit half of everything so that they can just focus on what they need to to, to finish. Uh, academically, it's hard. And I know the jokes about Carolina academically, those guys go to class. They're, they're working hard. There's a, there's, a, I mean, it, there's a lot of stuff going on. We want to make sure that, that, uh, that they finish well. And uh, like one of the things I think people look at is like, Oh man, this is a great time. You can like put in new sets that you haven't done, or you can, uh, you know, really do all these things. And it just feels, unless I'm missing it, like the time just isn't there. Like it's actually, you know, because of what you just said, it's a different type of time where you, you're you not trying to do things. You're trying to get some rest mentally, as you said, and physically uh, get some healing and do other things like that. Am I reading that right? Or is this a moment where you can put in some new stuff? Yeah, after Christmas, that, that week or two after Christmas, before classes start, that's the time for fun. That's the time to put some extra stuff in. Um, rehab is another thing we, you just mentioned too. Um, once you get back from that Christmas, usually guys are feeling good. They've been home. They got to hug mom. They got some home cooking and, and that's when you can really do some cool things. We, we do our buff Olympics at that time 
where we uh, we play some fun games and do some stuff with the guys. But it, again, that's where the camaraderie comes. What better time to be at college with no class? Yes. All you got to do is play ball and eat. And, and hang and, out with your dudes. Yeah, so you play ping pong, do your uh, your your two cake tournament, you know, all that kind of stuff is uh, is really after after Christmas uh, is over. But uh, right now you're just trying to survive and get to the really get to the finish line for the first semester. And you, you talk about that healing up. I mean, I think right now for the Tar Heels, Cormac Ryan is the person I see that kind of needs that healing and that rest more than anyone. Clearly, to to me, that ankle that he hurt against Villanova has been affecting his jump shot. He's not able to get the lift. I mean, Coach, you you know, there's been 10, 11 days since that last game. How how are like let's say a player on your team has an ankle injury like that? What what are the kinds of things that are happening to try to get uh, a Cormac back and ready to go? Yeah, we're, we've done something different this year. We're doing mandatory ice baths. And it sounds like it's, a, you know, not that big of a deal. But even for the guys that are not playing a whole lot, uh, man, mandatory, everybody. So everybody's got to get ice baths. And we're doing a lot more pool workouts than we've ever done. Uh, low impact on your joints, but you're still getting that that we don't want to sit there and just run sprints. And I never liked to run sprints. I didn't like to do it as a player. I don't like to do it as a coach. It's boring as a player. It's boring as a coach. I don't like to see <laughs> just guys run. Uh, if we're going to do stuff, we're going to do stuff with a purpose, with a ball in our hands. But we're also going to do stuff in the pool where they can do aerobic type stuff. And it's not a ton of swimming. we got a couple of guys that don't necessarily like to swim. And we got a couple of guys that are fish that would you know, spend all day in the pool. Uh, but we, we do want to be able to do some workouts and, and get some of that recovery. Um, and the, the whole recovery stuff has changed since I played, too. There's so many different ways to be able to do rehab that are just easy for the guys even to know. Um, to They can set up the stuff themselves and be able to get uh, rehab sessions where they can get better quickly. And uh, we just make it mandatory now. They don't have a choice. And uh, it seems to be working really well for us. Often after the finals week break, you'll see a team come back out and be a little bit rusty. Coach, I, I expect we'll see some of that. Got to knock that off on Saturday. Kentucky's last game was last Saturday, so they've had a little bit less of a layoff than the Tar Heels. Um, but coach, why is that? Can you can you fix it to where that doesn't happen? And how long does it take for the team to get back worked in to shake that rust off? Yeah, I think it has to do individually. Uh, we've got guys who are going to be in the gym every day, regardless of whether they're here or at home. Uh, but not all guys are like that. And, you know, sometimes it takes 48 hours to start losing your conditioning. Uh, so that's why we tell our guys they've got to do stuff on their own. They've got to get to the gym. They've got to get to the weights. They've got to find a way to get into a gym somewhere. Uh, it's great for those coaches, uh, kids that, that we have. And they know I know those kids are going to get in the gym because their dads are coaches. But not all of them are like that. So uh, the, the, it's, it's a fight. And uh, some guys are really good about it and some guys are not. So that's where some of that rust comes, mm -hmm. uh, I think. And part of it is they're eating different. You know, all of a sudden they're at home and they're, they're not eating in the cafeteria anymore. And now they're, they're eating better and they're, they're, they're just, it, they're spending more time eating than they have in the, in the last, uh, you know, semester. So uh, to be able to come back and some of it's travel. You got guys, we got two of our kids are from Valparaiso, Indiana. They're driving home today. It's, it's nine hours. When they get back, sometimes they want to get back right. They want to spend as much time as home as possible. And then they get home right as practice starts again. And they're tired. They, they haven't slept a whole lot. They've been seeing family and friends. And, and now it's, it, they're coming back to get into the grind again. And uh, between the food and the travel and just the time to spend with family, uh, sometimes it takes a little while to get that, that rust off. Now, that's great insight, Coach. Thank you so much.
Um, we got to get to story time. I can't wait. I've been chomping at the bit. I also got a question for RJ Davis for you and what this layoff is going to do to his hot play of late. But I want to wait and save that for when we get to story time as well. So we'll get to that. RJ and story time coming up in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So maybe you've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on that action than right now. Their app is so easy to use. They've got all these betting options, spreads, player props, over-unders, conference odds. Right now, the ACC regular season champion odds. Duke still leads the way at plus 240. Carolina is right behind them at plus 300. Clemson has caught all the way up. They and Miami have the same odds at plus 500. I'm telling you, and I'll continue saying it, Clemson is for real. Also, Virginia at plus 650. And then a massive gap after those five. So, if you want to get in on that, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on for college basketball and NFL action this season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Coach, in the on kind of the flip side of looking at this, this off time being good for somebody like Cormac Ryan to be rest, be able to rest up a little more. You also worry about somebody like RJ Davis, who's just been ramping it up, man. He has been on an absolute tear. We know the streak of 25 plus points that he's been scoring 33 straight made free throws right now. I apologize, everyone. I'll knock on wood as I'm talking uh, because I've just jinxed our young, our uh, point guard. Um, but that, or excuse me, our shooting guard this year, I guess I should say with uh, Elliot now in the starting lineup. But uh, coach, my question is this, in the same way that you need time of rest uh, for everyone, for somebody that's just going and on fire like RJ is, how does this hurt him uh, in terms of being able to sustain the ridiculous level of what he's been doing? Yeah, when he's playing the way he is right now, he wants to play every day. He wants to play tomorrow's next game. He just wants to play as much as possible. But he's such a great player. And when great players get on a roll, reality is it doesn't matter. He's going to play the way he plays. And uh, everybody looks at it as a hot streak. I look at it as this is just who he is right now. Right. I just think that he's just playing that well, and it doesn't really matter. Just tell me when you're going to play. Tell me what time to show up. And that's kind of has his mentality right now. So I don't think it's as big a deal for him. Uh, I don't think it's so much as being hot as much as he's just a great player. So um, I think it's good for him to get some rest, to be able to just, just let his body, because he's getting beat up every night, whether we can tell from from the stands or not. Right. That's right. You know he's taking a beating so if this gives him some time to heal and get his body get his legs back and I think it's a good thing I think it's a good thing for him overall but man he's having a fantastic year it's just been fun to watch very excited to see he and Elliot against that Kentucky backcourt which is young but uber talented gonna be wild wild game on Saturday can't wait to see it hopefully it won't be like uh when Malik Monk went off for what it was it like 8,500 points against the Tar Heels uh, that game was nuts, Coach. Man, I was just thinking about that. But then, let's all remember, got him shut down in that Elite Eight game. Luke May bringing it home. All right, Coach, let's not beat, let's not uh, bury the lead any longer. Let's get to story time here. It's been a little bit story time with Coach Rob as we got his Christmas tree in the background for those who are watching on YouTube. Just makes it all the more festive. Coach, what do you have for us today? 
I got a Joe Crux story. Joe was a longtime coach, uh, camp coach, and he coached at Inca High School when Coach Williams actually was coaching at Owen, and they became really good friends. And he invited Joe, uh, and Joe is actually John Crux. John played in the uh, Major League Baseball for a long time and yeah. was a Phillies. And it's, a, it's actually John's brother, Joe. You know. And Joe's the person I've ever met. I mean, he's just, he's hilarious. Uh, but getting to know Coach Williams, they invited him to work camp. And this is a long, long time ago, obviously. And uh, Coach Williams was a grad assistant at the time. And he said, hey, if you ever see a kid in camp that you think could play here, just let me know. And uh, the old outdoor basketball court that used to be out in Granville, the guys used to come and play pickup uh, before camp started. And Warren Martin, seven-foot Warren Martin, was out playing with the guys and the camp kids one time. And uh, Joe was up on the eighth floor of the dorm overlooking the basketball court. And as he was looking out there, this young camper went down the lane and dunked on Warren Martin. <laughs> Joe, not waiting for the elevator, sprinted the eight floors down the stairwell in Granville Towers and found Coach Williams and said, uh, Co Coach, 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 you need to come out here right away. He's like, what's the matter? What's the matter? He goes, I just saw this kid. He just made this most amazing play. I need to go point him out to you. They ran out to the courts. And Joe said, it's that young man right there. That young man right there. And Coach Williams looks at him and says, oh, yeah, his name's Mike Jordan. He's coming here. <laughs> I think he's going to be okay. <laughs> I was just waiting. You know it's going to be somebody. Yeah. But for his reality, oh, yeah. He's, I, I think he's going to be, we think he's going to be okay, was the, was the quote. Um, and that's just, it was back in the day when you just never knew who was going to be in camp. And of course, the Carolina staff knew who he was already. They had been inviting him and they, they were looking forward to having him on campus, but the coaches didn't know who he was. Uh, but we all know who he is now. But uh, it's just, it's pretty incredible that, that the amount of talent that came through camp before they actually played uh, college ball is pretty amazing back then. Man, and, and to see that from the eighth floor and just be like, oh, my, I need to run with everything I can uh, to tell to find out uh, about this young man who it turns out his name is Mike Jordan. <laughs> That's great. I I was hoping that that story would include him just like tumbling down the stairs because he was running so fast. Yeah, Joe was Joe's special. Joe had a, a great relationship with camp and his son actually worked in camp and um just a just a really great guy, great coach too. So uh, it's just a, he's got a ton of stories in the book, and uh, hopefully uh, get it done here soon. That's so fun. Uh, and and as a Braves fan growing up in the early '90s, I remember John Cruck uh, very well. Unfortunately, uh, was a great player. Um, and uh, man, yeah, wow, what a guy. Well, folks, of, go ahead. Sorry, John did, the, John did one of the funniest things ever. He. Uh, Figured it out when he was where the White Sox, what his career batting average was, and he knew he needed one more hit to get to 300 for his career. Got the hit, went to the manager, told him in the middle of the game, he said, Coach, I'm done. He says, what do you mean? He said, I'm retiring right now. Walked to the dugout, uh, through the clubhouse, packed his stuff up, and was gone before the end of the game. So, I mean, just That's another classic John Crux story. That's incredible. I've never heard that one, but I I'm here for it, you know? Uh, what, what a sport where the best players in the world fail 70% of the time and then Shohei makes $700 million. So there's that, uh, coach, we, uh, we should have learned how to hit a little bit better. Apparently. Definitely. Oh man, that's great. So folks want to remind you, coach Rob, as he just referenced is working on a book with two decades worth of stories from Carolina summer basketball camp. And, uh, man, that's going to be coming out, you know, 
some time. We're still working on waiting on getting hopefully a fun, a few more stories loaded into this thing and uh, can't wait. But in the meantime, you get to hear them real and in person from Coach Rob every week here on the show. Folks, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Just uh, two more sleeps until Carolina and Kentucky. Cannot wait for what should be another epic showdown between these two teams. I want to remind you, you can come join the Locked on Tar Heels Discord server. Talk with us all the time. Again, the link is in the show notes. You can also email us, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Do not forget to subscribe, rate the show, smash the like button so we know you're here if you're watching on YouTube. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on all the things we've talked about today. It's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll be right back with you tomorrow to preview that game. Also going to do a crossover episode with Locked On Kentucky host Lance Daw, where we're both getting you ready from the Kentucky and Carolina side. We'll talk again tomorrow, but until then, peace. Peace.